If we had a proper engineer, we wouldn't have to worry about this shit. And welcome everybody to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Balderdash. Johnny likes it when I talk like a morning DJ. Yeah, makes makes me very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I can <Dumb>. tell. <laughs> I can tell. Oh, uh, so how's it going there, Johnny? Uh, I've had worse days. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. So was today Started, not a good day or what? Uh, today was long. I didn't sleep well last night. Uh, and so today at work was long. It wasn't a bad day at work. It was just long. And then the freaking trains here, man, like an hour behind. Oh, really? I mean, I mean, they, they're late a lot. Well, not that often, but more than should be. Um, and then they're like, well, at least you didn't catch on fire. That's <laughs> not, that's not a, that's a, that's not a good bar to set. <laughs> so anyway, I'm here. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. I have, I've been super busy because, um, I'm trying to get ready for vacation next week. Um, and so I have all this work that needs to get done and it's going to start, um, cause I, I do property management. So there's a, a, like a remodel in a suite for a potential tenant and uh, I got contractors coming and I'm, you know, they want me to be like the acting GC they won't pay me for it, but they'll act as acting GC. So I got to get all this stuff and then basically tell them while I'm on vacation, like here's all the things you have to do. And it's pretty simple. It's like tearing out carpet and painting walls and stupid stuff like that. But um, yeah, so I've just been super busy running around all over the place. I don't think I ate at all today until about 2 PM. Well, if you say that's how you get rich by being cheap. Yeah. Well, Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not then, you that's being cheap. Yeah, then they're rich. <laughs> um, rich. You know, they're smart. They're just trying to and save some money. Thick. Yeah. So I do have our um, Balderdash word of the day. What would happen if you just said no? Sorry, I can't do it. Too much to do. I'm too busy fixing your garage door at your mansion. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not him who asks. Um, no. Yeah. It's somebody else. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's someone else. He's yeah. Um, you know, I threaten to quit all the time. So it's kind of a <laughs> you know, like I'm crying wolf basically all the time to them. Um, so you know, they mm-hmm. you know, those like uh I'll go no. So usually I joke around, I just the first thing when they say, Oh, we need you to do this, I go, No. And they go, You can't nope. say no to us. I said, Fire me. <laughs> I just did. I said, put me out of my misery and fire me. Um mm-hmm. yeah, so Anyways, it's a great job. I'm, I don't want to badmouth the job. Um, nope. one, one of the people listens to it now, so I got to be watching. Oh, saying. yeah. I mean, it is a wonderful place to work, and your <laughs> owner is a saint. Actually, he is. He's a really nice guy. I've only it, heard great stories. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's the other guy that I work with sometimes that's a little difficult, and he knows it. Um, <laughs> our balderdash word for the night, because everyone tells him, honestly, uh, is <laughs> civistism. <laughs> Civistism? Sisvestism. Sisvestism? Yeah, it's C-I-S-V-E-S-T-I-S-M. Give a guess on what that means. Can you use it in a sentence? Uh, well, I can give you the definition if that helps. What's what's the? I'm supposed to guess what the definition is, though. Oh, that's right. Never mind. That's so dumb. <laughs> if you want to give me the definition, that'd be great, and then I'll guess. 
Uh, let me try to <laughs> let me just think of a, a sentence what I could do. What's the it country be... of origin? English. <laughs> um, his outfit is very has a very uh, civicism today. I don't know. Civicism. Yeah. What's the yeah you didn't? What's the country of origin? Or Civ. Hold on. Civestism. Don't look it up. I'm not going to. I'm looking up the the brewery while I'm trying to figure this out. Oh, okay. Civ sin civestism civestism. 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 You know what? Actually, this would be a great. Um, this would be a great thing to ask our, uh, our, uh, our AI friend. Well, if you hadn't mentioned, you mentioned clothes, if you hadn't mentioned clothes, I would have guessed it's a, a crack in your cistern. Oh, so your, your well, cistern I mean, is I guess leaking. So. You have a, you have a schism in your cistern, <laughs> a shiver stism. <laughs> Uh, um, let's see. Let's see what. Let's see what uh, Chad GPT. Let's see what AI can come up with. I think. Hold it's on, I gotta warm fancy. it up. That's what I'm gonna go with. It's, it's dressing fancy. Shall we play a game? Okay. Uh, I bet. Oh, does anybody on the chat know? Nope. Nobody knows. Yeah. And it de- first, I said use civicism in a sentence, and it just gave me a definition. That's well. I guess that's a sentence. <laughs> I know civicism. In a conversation. How about that? I guess I got to. You are wearing clothes. Uh, Person A. Have you noticed how diverse our workplace is in terms of fashion choices? Absolutely. It's so interesting to see how people use civicism as a way to express themselves and their personalities through their clothing and style. Um, (laughs) I I guess using clothing to express yourself. Close. (laughs) You'll have to wait till the end of the episode All to right. find out what the definition is. Don't look it up. Listen up. That sounds like <laughs> a good time for a drink. <laughs> what do we got for the beer tonight, buddy? Uh, tonight we are drinking one of massive two shits finest mm. uh, from Cisco Brewing. It's their summer raise ale, which is actually perfect because we're like right at the end of summertime. Things are yeah. starting to get cold at night. It's yeah. still kind of nice during the day. I love this time of year. Uh, Cisco Brewer summer raise golden ale. Nice. Let's see. What does it say? Brewed and canned by Cisco Brewers. That's not interesting. Uh, their can is yellow with golden colored writing, so it's hard to read. But a golden ale brewed for golden days, hoppy, tropical, and best enjoyed barefoot hmm. at the beach. So ditch the shoes, bring the vibes, and embrace your lover. Oh, embrace oh, your no. lover. Those summer, those summer days, <laughs> summer rays. Oh, embrace. Embrace the summer rays. Summer rays. Okay, not your <laughs> lover. This is when I embrace my lover. I wouldn't <laughs> want to do that. What's the best kind of embrace? That's right. Nice, gentle, soothing embrace. Yeah, summer All breeze. Right. Okay. So um, I, I think, have we had a Cisco beer on here before? I don't think so. They're a pretty big brewery around here, but they were established in Nantucket a while back. 1995, it says. Um, and they actually have a really cool outdoor space in downtown Boston. Okay. Uh, with like food trucks and they have live music and outdoor games and stuff. It's pretty cool. Excellent. 
I mean, it was cool when I was there because I was dancing and I might have been drunk. <laughs> there we go. Let's crack it open. <sighs> Ooh. I always had a... Smells pretty bad, hoppy. I always had a bad thought for Cisco in my brain because all I could think was like the commercial food delivery. Oh. Either that or servers. I think of the thong, the thong, thong, thong. That's a different Cisco. <laughs> They're all different Cisco's. Man, people are not creative. Except anyway. I think the thong song was by Cisco with an S, not with a C. Yeah. Well, and Cisco, the food one is like S-Y-S-C-O. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. But there is Cisco. Oh, yes, I think S-Y-S-C-O. there's a Cisco like electronics Yeah, servers, Cisco servers and yeah. stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that's spelled like this brewery. brewery. All right, tell me a Maybe little not. bit more. Whatever. Uh, what else do they say? Except, for the, except for the AI season. writing on the back of the can. Uh, they have four locations. Uh, did you know Nantucket is 30 miles off the coast of Man- Massachusetts? I did not, not know, that. know that. Oh, I didn't either. Uh, it's a place where time slows and conversation flows, where tourists become locals and smiles are served by the pint. All right. So they don't tell me anything about the beer. They just tell us about all the feelings you're supposed to have around Let's the see. beer. Well, I read the thing on the back of the beer. Isn't that good enough? I guess so. Let's just taste it. Can we taste oh, it? Oh, Summer Rays. Is that it why says, we're here? I'll give you a hint. It says exactly what it says on the can. ABV 4.4%. IBUs 19. It's actually pretty low bitterness. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Let's have a drink. Cheers. Cheers. Not bad. No, actually, Light, that's pretty sweet. refreshing. Yeah, yeah, very sweet. It's good. It's a good summertime oh. beer. <clears throat> Have you ever been to that brewery? Uh, not the brewery itself, just the outdoor place. Okay, it was great. They they know how to throw a party. Oh, so really? some, I've never been to Nantucket. Oh, I thought you had. No, I've been to Newport. I've been to Martha's Vineyard. Martha, never, never Nantucket. That's where fancy people go. Actually, a lot of <clears throat> a lot of people tell me that it's really not worth going to it's like it's just touristy now oh it's probably really used beautiful to be a I don't thing know. but now yeah. It's, yeah like it was a small coastal town and now it's become the place that rich people play very good yeah. very good yeah this is tasty. And i am not i am not cheap so i am not rich those two are not necessarily connected i am thrifty but i am still not rich yes oh. i am not rich right. either <clears throat> nor anyway, am I really nor am I really uh thrifty, to be honest with you. Mm. So I tried to have a thought, but I'm not. So I started looking and I'm gonna be home next week and I'm gonna bring uh I found a whole bunch of beers that are supposed to be keto friendly. Oh, keto friendly. I'm gonna, beers. I'm gonna go try to find them. All right. Well, luckily all bourbon is keto friendly. Yeah. About half of them are like <laughs> Bushlight, uh MGD Ultra. Oh great. Like anything that's like <laughs> under a hundred. Some of them sounded actually okay. Um, but most of them sounded like really bad. And that right there is why keto's the worst. Yeah. It's not bad actually. I my I think part of my problem was I was overeating a lot just because I was bored. Um, but mm. um and felt hungry, especially late at night. And uh yeah. that's gone away. Well, that's um, good. So I'm not as hungry. I don't crave sweets. Um I am down five pounds now. Excellent. Congrats. Yeah. So it's a slow burn. I am a man of a certain age. Um, so it's going to get, it's going to be girth. a lot in girth and, uh, length. And I'm, uh, 
Uh, so it's just going to take a little bit longer for me to, I think, uh, I think, uh, get all this off. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with that. Uh, enough about the diet stuff. Um, well, you look, you look pretty fine in my dreams, Wes. Thanks. Uh, only in your dreams, in your dreams. Hmm. Thanks bro. Yeah. Hey, um, any idea how we lost, uh, an F 35? Uh, they misplaced it. Yeah. You didn't see that news yesterday. I did see it. They found it. Yeah. They found it in a field, but they yeah, couldn't like find South it for Carolina a long time. Isn't that weird? That's super weird. It's actually me. not that somebody, somebody actually explained that it's not that weird because that is a stealth fighter. Yeah. Um, and if the, the transponder, like if there was an electrical issue with the trans where the transponder is mm-hmm. the thing that actually pings the radar and tells like, that's a plane that has to tell radar where it is. Yeah. Uh, otherwise you can't find it. And if that thing had a problem, then it would just be blind or we would be blind to it. You just, you couldn't see it at all. So why would the pilot jump out of it then? Because there's probably an electrical fire at his balls. Oh, I didn't hear about that. I mean, it it could all be connected. They haven't said why, but like, if that was the issue, if there's like an electrical problem, that's why he had to jump out. Well, they're actually saying Um, it could have been the fact that it got hacked. Ooh, that wouldn't be very good. No. So they're thinking that the guy felt like it was being hacked and bailed. And, uh, that'd be weird. Yeah. Wouldn't that be weird? Yeah. What's the stealth bomber? That's the B2. Is that right? That was a B52. No, the B52 is the big bomb dropper back. Oh, in the day. that's, so that's right. why yes, there's a, a B2. Yeah. You, you can tell because there's a band named after him and they sing, you know, like hippie dippy songs. <laughs> okay. That's how you know it's old. Oh, is that, I think is it's that the B- reason why? No, I, I never don't know. figured that out. Okay. Now you're like, why me. they're called the B52s. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Uh, but the B two, I think, is the stealth bomber, and okay. I didn't, I didn't know this. I learned, I learned something new today. It has a radar signature of a bumblebee. Like that's how stealth it is. Oh, really? Yeah, that big ass plane. Like if you found, if you actually found it on radar, it had the same signature as a bumblebee. That's how crazy advanced it is. Interesting. So, anyway, there you go. Fun fact. Yeah, Ooh. I also found out people. today that. Uh, a lot of people are freaking out in Germany over Oktoberfest. I talked to uh, German neighbor Max. I asked him a question. I asked him if he could be on tonight so we could do a um, questions with Max. But he was unavailable. <laughs> uh, he's actually in a 17-hour plane flight uh, because of uh, all the stuff that's going on between the Armenians um, in, uh, in that part of the world. And, uh, so he has to, they have to reroute the flights and he'll be in the air for like 17 hours. Uh, but out of the wall street journal today, uh, they had an article how a bunch of people are calling it woke Weizen, the new, uh, <laughs> of Oktoberfest this year, because the Paul Anner, um, tent is using organic chickens. And because they're using organic chickens, the prices have gone up astronomically. Mm. And everyone loves the chicken, apparently, according to the Wall Street Journal. I asked Max, uh, our boots on the ground guy, I said, do everybody love the chicken at Oktoberfest? And he goes, no, but people got to eat. And that's like a really filling meal. Mm. That's uh, protein. Yeah, nice. He said he said the real problem is that beer has gone up 6%. Um, and so Germany is not – and it should be very cheap there. And it's not cheap anymore. It's uh, 14 pounds and 50 cents uh, for 
I don't know. How do you say that? I say $14 and 50 cents. So 14 pounds and 50 cents. Is that correct? Yeah. It would be four, 14 pounds, 50 is how okay. British would say it. 14 pounds, 50. Uh, or four, if you're just saying like 50 cents, they would say 50 P. Okay. Like pennies. Oh, okay. 50 P. And uh, I guess that's up or six. Pence. Per- they actually said it's pence. It's not cents. It's pence. <laughs> Okay. It's up six per, it's up 6% for uh <laughs> um for a liter or a mass. I uh, mean you should know this Wes, because there was that uh Outback Steakhouse commercial where they're like where they're like the new dinner's just 14 bucks 99. I don't remember that. It drove me crazy. Oh. It just made me mad. <laughs> Stupid fucking commercial. And they also Sorry. said that Sorry, there's Dana. not enough organic hops uh, to supply the entire Oktoberfest. So they can't be sustainable there. And apparently in 2019, uh, the last time they did a, well, sorry, 2022. So they didn't do an Oktoberfest in 2020 or 2021 because of COVID. But in 2022, they did one and it was some astronomical number of carbon units or whatever that they use in order to ship all the beer and hops and stuff like that into Germany. So they're trying to be sustainable and everyone in Germany during Oktoberfest is like, who fucking cares? Excuse me. Sorry, Dana. They just want to drink their beer and eat their cheap chicken. They don't care if it's organic or not. They don't care if it's sustainable or not. Um, so they're calling it woke Weizen. I um, thought that most of the, I thought actually all of the beer that was served at, actual Oktoberfest had to be brewed within that district. I'm, so like, I'm not the sure big, the big breweries all have breweries right there. You know, and they make huge amounts of Oktoberfest just for this event. Um, so shipping the grains in, that would be expensive. The hops are light and cheap. I can't imagine that's terribly expensive. Um, I don't know. I just, that seems weird to me. I get what they're trying to do. I'm not against it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's other things they could do. Yeah. Like what about what about the footprint of all the people that fly there to go to Oktoberfest? Yes. Well, and that's the other thing they said is that, you know, when they start messing with traditions, um, you know, tourists don't oh, want to go. I'm yeah. sorry. Moving to an organic chicken is not a tradition. Fat fuck. <laughs> Uh, it says Andrea Corner, 56 year old, comes to Oktoberfest each year and usually orders the chicken, the most popular festival food. Not this time. When she saw that an organic half hen cost 20 euros, uh, the equivalent of $22, about 50% more than the non organic hen, she opted for pretzels and a cheese spread instead. We don't know. We, this is, we don't know the taste because it costs too much to try, she said. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because they're going like to ask her. I know that's what I was going to say. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't know the taste? It tastes like everything. Chicken. You've been having it every year for the last 50 years. How do you not know? That's right. That's right. Hey, you want to take a call? Yeah, let's do it. Who okay. Is it? This is this is uh, Craig. Let's see if it connects. Craig? Oh, I got to do this. Do it. Do it. I have I have to press one to accept. I always forget that part. Hello. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let's let's get you on. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see if I can. I'm supposed to connect you. Hold on there, Craig. I had I thought I had it connected to our Bluetooth. What do you think? Looking forward to hearing some things about some stuff. 
Yeah. It says Rodecaster Pro 2 is connected. Uh, maybe maybe Craig just doesn't talk loud enough. I don't know if it's him or not, to be honest with you. You're supposed to yell into it. <laughs> with great anger. Go ahead and say something. Try to say something. Oh, Craig, it's not working, man. I don't know what's going on here. Man, we're terrible at this. Aren't we, though? Yeah. I can hear you in my phone, but I, it's not picking up on the Bluetooth. Uh, let me try again here. Uh, I might. Hold on. I don't usually have to. Usually it just goes right to uh, the Bluetooth channel. Mm. Oh, there you are. Oh, I didn't mean to break anyway. it. I apologize. No, hey. Hey, now you're on. Hey. Go ahead, oh, Craig. Craig. <clears throat> How are you? Good. What How are happening? you? How are you? It's good to hear from you. No. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a while for one of you. Yeah, for me. So Craig and I have talked uh, mm -hmm. prior. Um, he is uh, he's a VPD Studios. If anyone wants to go look up his work, uh, is that right? Singular Studio. Oh, VPD. Yeah, studio. VPD Studio. Across the Instagram, um, I, it's been hit and miss a lot with what I've put up. I've kind of been focusing a lot on my uh, interviews for the interview podcast that I do. Yes, and so that's he, a lot of what goes up there. Yeah, that's right. You also do a podcast. You do the interview podcast, and uh, nice. Actually, one of my favorite that, interviews of Adam Curry was done by Craig. Is that what it's called, the interview podcast? It is. You can search that. on the Fountain app. No, uh, oh, yeah, booth, all right. Fat, looking, fat, looking. That's right. You got it. That's right. We have to go ahead. Go ahead, Craig. I'm sorry. I'm talking over you. No, that's all right. I just didn't know if we need to break something. Um, <laughs> I uh, last week had Scott Horton on, uh, scotthorton.org. <clears throat> um, Anti-war libertarian. Oh. And it was uh, wild because, I mean, I didn't really talk much. You know, he's one of those guys who... Once you get them rolling, they don't really stop. It's hard to act. I mean, he said, well, I got about an hour. Uh, we went hour and 38 minutes, I think. And I think it could have kept going. <laughs> but Love it. What was the best thing you learned from yeah. that interview? Um, that, <laughs> okay. One of the biggest things that I learned, I won't say the best, but loose change, if any of you have, dug into the uh the conspiracy side of 9-11 oh yes this documentary yeah, series yeah. Uh, change. well god there's a there's conspiracy theories about 9-11 <laughs> isn't it I, know, I, I was totally oblivious in the dark uh, not really um he his frustration that i gathered about that documentary was it was a distraction so you're at building seven and you it you know, it wasn't a missile that hit the Pentagon. It was an airplane. It's just a plain as day. But uh, he's like, why aren't we? Who flew that airplane into the Pentagon? Oh, yeah, and what connections do they have with? So I, it was kind of fascinating because, I mean, he dismissed the conspiracy theories 
pretty handily, but at the same time said it was a distraction from other bigger issues mm. that should be looked at. And I don't like thinking. Yeah. Like, wild. like the trillions of dollars that Rumsfeld said was missing the day before. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's uh, interesting that you bring that's that up because uh, right after the bourbon tonight, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how I get involved in conspiracy theories. So that's mm-hmm. good. I'm glad you brought that oh, up. Okay. Speaking of bourbon, what are you guys drinking? Or am I jumping the gun here? No, that's fine. We can talk about the bourbon tonight. Tonight we're drinking. Yeah. Uh, you ever heard segment. of? You ever heard of few out of uh, Illinois, Evanston, Illinois? F E W. Yeah, F E W. Yep, few. No, uh, we're drinking uh, their cold cut. So now this is a bourbon whiskey with cold brew coffee. It tastes like ham. Is that a cheap <laughs> from Subway? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. A uh, few spirits <laughs> brews up a whole new experience. Cold cut has a familiar few profile with a splash of something new. Cast strength few spirits bourbon brought to bottling strength <laughs> using cold brew coffee. The addition of smooth cold brew delivers unexpected depth and a boldness that leaves you asking for a refill. So I've had stuff from them before. It's a 46.5% alcohol, and so it's a 93 proof. Um, And it's got really kind of like a dark amber color to it. And I'm going to pop it open real quick here. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that sound. Craig, do you usually drink at all? Do you drink any bourbon or anything? I have a bourbon problem. Oh. And, and and it's not in the typical sense. And that's horrible to say out loud, so I guess I should preface this. Uh, I told my wife uh, a while back, uh, I said, I have a problem. Not with the drinking of the bourbon. What's the buying of it? Oh, yes. So I have, about a year ago, uh, a friend of mine locally, uh, reached out and said, "Hey, I want to start a bourbon. Or I want to start a whiskey club." So I'm a, my my day job. I'm a photographer and graphic designer, and so I he told me what it was. It's called the Blind Pig, hmm. <clears throat> and the theory behind the name, if you go back in time, in the uh, probably the Prohibition era, uh, you couldn't sir couldn't sell alcohol. However, you could sell tickets to look at a blind pig and <laughs> as a result of looking, you might've gotten a glass of whiskey. So out of that story, uh, we started the blind pig, uh, whiskey and social club. And there's probably seven or eight of us that kind of got into it. Well, I was a Scotch guy prior to that. Yeah. And very, very heavy on the PT Scotches. I love Isla's. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, the, the Ron staple, Margavul and 16, the, Ardbeg 10. That's a great one. So is Lafroy um, 10. I Lef- love Lafroy 10. Lafroy is probably my favorite, to be mm-hmm, honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a bottle of that, and I have a bottle of the cask strength, and that is incredible. Like, knock you over. Um, but then I, I used to live on the West Coast. I used to live in Oregon. And uh, there, all their alcohol is uh, Oregon Liquor Commission. So they are totally locked down with what you can get, where you can buy it. Uh, here in South Dakota, where I reside currently, um, it's a little bit more free. And so Costco, which you guys live in what, Seattle and somewhere in the, the East Coast half the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, the, the Costco world, and if, I mean, you guys would know that the 
the Kirkland brand is um, very well known as being quality typically, especially mm-hmm. when they go source those types of things. So yeah. uh, I do have, I think all of their, or may, maybe one I'm missing, their lo- old uh, single malt Highland sc- the scotches that they have under the Kirkland brand. Oh, yeah. I uh, have of each of those. And so it's been kind of fun digging around into that. But the bourbon world uh, has been opened up to me in the last, oh, eight, nine months. And now I have a problem. Yeah. Because I just want more of them myself. <laughs> well, I like the idea of the drinking club. Uh, you know, I often kind of fantasized about, um, you know, like uh, a drinking club type thing. But we also like what C.S. Lewis and Tolkien used to do where they would um, you know, bring up topics and then they would kind of debate the topics. Um, John and I kind of do that in, in a, sometimes a nonsensical way. We try not to let it get it uh, too heated and, and we're not as intelligent. At least I'm not as intelligent as (laughs) Tolkien or Lewis. John is actually much smarter than I am. Um, so, you know, it, it ends up being just funny. Mm Yep. I was down in uh, Dallas back in uh, May. And I was working on a setting up a podcast studio for a client down there. And he's a big uh, bourbon guy and cigar uh, smoker. Mm-hmm. So we were, and he travels all over the country with his job. So he's out and about quite a bit. So he's like, ah, we're going to go to this, this cigar bar. And I'd never been to one before. And uh, I don't know, it was in Fort Worth where we ended up going to this cigar lounge. And you know, the huge humidor, about a third of the, of the place was this massive humidor. Wow. Uh, and then the rest of it was a cigar bar. And it was fascinating to see who the clientele was and what it showed me. I mean, there's people there by themselves. There were couples there, you know, together, smoking cigars and drinking, having a drink. Um, and then there were just a bunch of old guys hanging out. And I was talking to the, my client I was with, and he's like, I like to go to this place alone a lot. Because you never know who you're going to run into. Yeah. And so we did some work at one table. Then we thought, ah, we're done with this. So let's go over and sit in the lounge chairs with uh, two older guys that were there. And we started walking over and they're like, hey, Joey, come on. Get in the conversation. Well, (laughs) they were having a debate on uh, 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 immersion or sprinkle baptism. In the cigar. cigar. So it was kind of cool. So who knows what you're going to get in there. (laughs) But what I found is when you... Incorporate a cigar and a spirit. That's not something you do quickly. No. And so I think there's value in that. So thinking of, you know, the old timers, they would have these long debates. And, you know, you'd have this eight-inch cigar, and that's going to take you an hour and a half to get through. Yep. Because you're not going to, you can't you can't puff it down quick, you'll die. Yes. <laughs> so, so it really gives you, it's, it's forced, um, time. Yeah. And I really like, you know, I'm, I guess I'm not going to advocate, uh, the value of smoking, but I think <laughs> what the result of a star is really valuable in my mind. Yeah. No, I like that. I like it. You have to yeah. take things slow. I have a, I have a good yeah. friend, Tony, who, um, does a thing with, he has a group of friends that they've been doing this for years that they put together where they do exactly what Wes and are talking about. Um, and a lot like what you're talking about, but it's like, pre-planned and they call it a Jefferson chat and somebody's oh. responsible for like posing a question 
um, everyone gets the question and they get together and debate it. And like, you can be kicked out of the club if it becomes personal. It's like no fighting. It's pure debate. There's no name calling. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't get kicked out of forever. It would just be like, you're no longer allowed to talk because you've devolved into not making points. You're just being an asshole. So it's like, it's a really, they, they enjoy it. They say they get into some pretty deep subjects. And like part of the challenge as they take turns picking the topic is how do you pick something that is like um, really worth debating and not like not so clear cut. So it's a lot more fun to debate the things that are gray than it is things that are very black and white. Yeah. Agreed. Yes, it is. Hey, Craig, before we let you go, uh, our Balderdash word for the night was sizvestism. Sizvestism. Have any idea what it means? Say that once. Spell it for me. I won't cheat and look it up. Okay. Uh, Sizvestism, and it's spelled C-I-S-V-E-S-T-I-S-M. Uh, no, no, I don't actually. <laughs> you don't want to even take a crack at it. Um, no, I, I, I'm at a <laughs> well, well, let, wait to the end of the show and I'll, and I'll read the definition and Craig, thank you so much for calling and let's catch up sometime soon. A- absolutely. Uh, the interview podcast.org. I'll just make a shameless plug. Do it. Um, yeah. Do it all over the podcast, you know, world. Um, Value for value is the model. So uh, we are absolutely 100% um, advertiser free. Yes. Because uh, we believe in free speech to the fullest. And that means that hard topics are acceptable, whether we like them or not. That's correct. Thank you, guys. It's cool. I appreciate your show. Thanks, Craig. Um, We'll talk again. Yeah, I hope so. Call in again. Thanks, Craig. Absolutely. See ya. Have a good night. Bye. All right, that some, was great. He's got some interest. I just looked up his website. Go there again. It's the theinterviewpodcast.org. Go check it out. There's some really interesting people on there. It's a good mix. Uh, there's uh, a pastor, Pastor Jimmy Pruitt, uh, another pastor. Looks like those are back to back authors. So just really interesting people. Yep. Um, I love it. And it's his in, his interview. So I I started listening to his, the interview podcast when he interviewed Adam Curry, um, and he's he's interviewed politicians in South Dakota as well. Um, and I felt that he did the best interview with Adam Curry because, uh, most people, when they interview Adam Curry, um, they're, it's like Megan Kelly or it's Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. Um, and Craig actually asked like more personal questions, more kind of like you would, if you're a friend that wanted to get to know him more. And it was, so it was, it was a really good conversation and I thought, I thought he did a really good job and I was a little jealous cause he got to sit in the pod study <laughs> and have the interview cause he went down there to, uh, Fredericksburg and I yeah. uh, was able to, and if you go to his other website, VPD, V as in Victor, uh, P as in potato and D as in ding dong studio.com. <laughs> <laughs> Delta, excuse me. Uh, you'll see all of his photography, his videos, his designs, and there's also a link to the interview podcast. So check him out. It's Craig Weinberg. Um, back. Uh, thanks, Craig, for calling in. Back to the thanks, bourbon Craig. tonight. A uh, few cold cut bourbon whiskey with cold brew coffee. Uh, I've had other uh, bourbons from Few. They're fantastic. Um, this is a uh, cast strength bourbon, and uh, it's 
bottled with the cold brew coffee. It doesn't mm-hmm. taste necessarily like coffee, um, but it does have a, a unique flavor to it. Um, so we'll give it a quick sniff here. Yeah, whatever they do to it, it's subtle, but you can get you get that like that cold brewed coffee nose. Yeah, it definitely is there. That kind of like earthy sweet yeah. smell that you get from coffee. And, and I love coffee, and so this when I saw it at the store, I was like, oh yeah. I mean, this it's it's subtle enough that if you didn't know that's what it was, you might not even notice. Yeah, exactly. Which is great. I think that's great. Like you probably pick it out if you if you had a couple of them, but yeah. Or you might not. Yeah. You might not pick anything out. <laughs> All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Pretty smooth. Oh, yeah. That's it's, good. And sweet. It's very sweet. What do you think? And the coffee's in the end. Yeah. Um. It has that like kind of savory nuttiness yeah. to it. But yeah, like overall sweet, like a proper bourbon. Um, just the right amount of heat, not not heat like makes your mouth pucker or makes it hard to drink, but like gives you that warmth on your tongue, a little like bit we, in your throat. I think we had that last week, right? We had the one that was like, whoo. Yeah, that was 126 proof or something. Yeah, that was, that yeah. was, that was big in the, yeah. Yeah. That uh, the coffee definitely lends itself to like an earthiness mm-hmm. to this. It's it's nice. It's really nice. Yep. Coffee mix definitely with, in the end. It lingers I with would, the coffee flavor. I mix it with my hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah, this Just, might actually be a good one for Irish coffee. Oh yeah, Irish coffee. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't put it in hot hot chocolate. Yeah. I like say that in test. It's like somebody wanting to put like really high end bourbon in a rum and <clears throat> coke. I don't know. You ever had an, an, a proper Irish coffee from San Francisco? Um, I had an Irish coffee from Boston. Oh, does well, that count? Well, I guess the uh, the the original to America Irish coffee came from a place in San Francisco, and the couple times Dan and I visited, we go down there, and it's pretty good? phenomenal. Oh yeah, it's it's super sweet. It's full of sugar. <laughs> it's just full uh, of sugar. But um, you know, I I thought Craig brought up. Um, a good point about you know uh, finding people that you can hang out with and uh, start a little club. I think it's good for um, you know, especially uh, as a man. Women can do this too, of course. But getting together with other guys and being able to you know, I, I feel like do guy talk, um, be able to you know talk about things that are personal to us as as men. I think is important, and that happens when you're side by side drinking something or working together. You and I have had probably some of our best conversations not just on the podcast but uh when we're working side by side you mm-hmm. know like and and I think men tend to instead of having face to face conversations um where you're just being intentional which sometimes is good like working with someone doing an activity and also talking is how I think a lot of men feel more comfortable talking and they'll well, open up like- a lot more it removes the barriers of eye contact, which can be really uncomfortable for a lot of people. Yeah. Not used to having conversations like that. Absolutely, absolutely. So I do want to say I did have an Irish coffee once in Little Italy in New York. Yeah, and it was basically hot whiskey. <laughs> That's it not was it. like it was like translucent. It had a splash of coffee in it, but Helen could smell it from like the other end of the restaurant on its way there. <laughs> She's like, Just that hot is booze. Gonna, 
<laughs> yeah, she's basically like, that's going to get you fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I, Irish coffee and two cannolis. Ooh. I was sugared up. Oh, drunk. cannolis. I love cannolis from Boston. Those mm. are my favorite. What about lobster tails? Nope. But Dana did have a lobster roll. And she no, loved a lobster, her lobster a, roll. A lobster tail. There's a pastry that they make here called a lobster tail. Oh, I haven't had that. No. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. It's, it's, uh, it's fine. It's a pastry. Yeah. Well, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge pastry guy. I mean, I, you wouldn't know it by looking at my second chin, but <laughs> I don't eat a lot of pastries. I can't. Otherwise, I will blow up and I get headaches. Sugar gives me headaches and makes my it makes my shoulders and my neck muscles tense up. Um, I have a I have very strong reaction with sugar. Um, Craig talked about uh, this libertarian interview. Um, and, uh, how they talked about the conspiracies in nine 11 and, and Tim had asked last week about, you know, the conspiracies that maybe like how I get into them and maybe why I'm mm-hmm. so conspiratorial minded. And, and I was thinking a lot about that since he's asked the last few days. Hmm. And the only thing I can come up with that really kind of got, I think my brain started was, um, art bell. And if any of you guys remember art bell, uh, he had a AM show. I think here in the Seattle market, it came on at, um, I think it was 11 PM or 10 PM on KVI. So that was 570 AM and it was coast to coast AM with Art Bell. And not only did he have fascinating interviews with all kinds of people, he didn't care if it was uh, conspiratorial or not. Um, he would interview these people and you could kind of judge for yourself if they were full of crap. And then uh, he would do open lines and people would call in and ask uh, either the person that they're interviewing, um, you know, questions or art would have these kind of fun nights where he would be like, if your animal can talk, call this number. And he had like three different lines and people would have their, you know, like dogs that can say like, rawr, rawr, or whatever on. Uh, and they were just kind of like fun, quirky shows. And then every now and then he would have, um, priests that who do exorcisms, and they would talk about the exorcism. So if you're, you know, a teenager like I was trying to go to sleep and you're listening to Art Bell and this Father Malachi is talking about exorcisms, you're like, oh, I don't want to go to bed at night. And, um, and he had all kinds of Area 51 guys on because he was huge into UFOs and, and Area 51. And so I think my conspiratorial mind got set by listening to people not just accepting whatever they're told but asking questions like why did world trade center um, building fall down? It wasn't hit by anything. And, and I know we could reason it. Um, but oftentimes, you know, reasoning it also dismisses maybe there are important things that we're missing. Um, so it could go both ways uh, such as, you know, how come there's really crappy film footage of uh, whatever flew into the Pentagon? <laughs> Cause I'm not sold that it was a plane. Um, and I've talked to Max about ground effect and all that stuff. And I, I still do it. Like, I'd want to see it though. Like we had the technology in 2001 to be able There's to see There's video proof thing. that a plane can fly that low to the ground. I understand. But in that particular case, I'm not sold. Yes. Yeah. In that particular case. Yeah. But and, physics bears it out. Yeah. And then, you know, like even moon landing stuff, like, you know, uh, the cameraman, like by cameraman, you know, like whatever camera was watching the lander, like shoot back off, off the moon. Like who was, who was manning that camera that they left up there and how did it track them? You know, just so it's just asking questions and, you know, sometimes it can get weird. 
Um, and sometimes there's very logical answers and that's fine, but allowing your mind to critically think things like just being able to ask outrageous questions kind of help, you know, figure out what's really going on. Even if it's the wrong answer, the only reason why Sherlock Holmes had Watson around was because Watson asked all the wrong questions. Um, but it all, it eliminated all the right and, or eliminated all the wrong answers too, so that they could get to the right answer, deductive reasoning. Um, so conspiracies, you know, they're just fun. And sometimes they're true. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes they, they're, sometimes they're dangerous. Sometimes they can be dangerous too. Yeah. Or, uh, they, get, they cost you a lot of money. <laughs> I, I think so. So one of my biggest issues with conspiracy theories are people who are like backing things wholeheartedly is like, is when in the face of overwhelming evidence, you still believe that it's not true. John, the earth like, is flat. I don't know why like you, you keep bringing this up. I know you're where you're going. The earth is round. Yeah. I get it. Okay. Have <laughs> like you ever no seen how, the earth being round? Uh, I've seen the shadow of the earth being have, round. Have you gone to space? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter how, like how much evidence shows up. A lot of times people just are like, like, well, that's just not true. I don't believe mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of it, like we got to this point where we're allowed to like choose what's, factual and what's not yeah even when there's like direct truth right in front of you yeah um like you just you don't want to believe so you so you choose not to like yes. at that point it's a choice but like i don't think it's a conscious choice i think often it's a subconscious choice and so how do you get yourself out of that it's really tricky um and i do i was i was i read a bunch about this today when i was like distracted from work and didn't really want to do stuff and had a break <laughs> and i was like i'm just i'm i need to do something else to like give me a brain a break so i yeah. started reading about it and it's interesting too. If you like read actual research on this, the one thing I'd like to point out the first is that like we have this view of conspiracy theorists as like crazy wacko nut jobs and often like low intelligence weirdos. And it's not true. It's, it has nothing to do with intelligence. Yeah. Um, some very intelligent people believe in some very outlandish um, conspiracy theories. So that's like the first thing. Like it's not just like mentally disabled people. Um, but I always thought it was interesting where there, where it's like the view of the theory, um, like a lot of it stems from, um, like anxiety as to like not knowing what's going on or believing that something like, it's easier to understand that the the world is being controlled by something like that gives you an answer where like the actual answer is not very satisfying or is still kind of unknown. Sure. You know, like it's easier, sure. it's easier to say that, that, that grainy photo from that, from the F-15 is a, an alien spaceship than it is to say, well, we just don't know. Yeah. Cause we, as humans, like we want to put definition on everything. Like that's the way we've evolved. That's kind of what we do. We see things and we need answers because not having answers from an evolutionary standpoint is dangerous. So as, assume something, assume the worst. We just are, we we're guided that way. Mm-hmm. And so like, I just find it really fascinating that, that, people's brains have these very subtle differences that make them believe one way or the other. And um, like the one thing I appreciate about you is at least you're willing to have a conversation about it. One thing that Nate needs to learn is he has talking at you conversations. And so like learning to how to have these discussions and learning that maybe you won't come to a conclusion. None of us are experts on any of this stuff. Yep. Um, And that not everything you read is true and not everything you read is false. Yeah. Sometimes the evidence is right. And sometimes the evidence is bullshit, but like, be more inquisitive, learn and yeah. know. And I mean, like, yeah, be skeptical of the government because they're shady as fuck. They're not yeah. in it for me. They're in it for them. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that everything they do has some sort of like 
deep dark motive yeah yeah well and and i i don't hold them closed-handed right so you know like if we if you know if we'll take like um so art bell might have given me my start uh on thinking about these things outside the box right uh william cooper helped me kind of broaden those things behold a pale horse he also had a show called uh hour of the time I, there's one show that got me going on this kind of stuff which one was that unsolved mysteries oh dude unsolved mysteries that that opening music still freaks me i know out. it's it's like hunting it's <laughs> that show it's so haunted good. yeah and then um and then it wasn't until actually right before i think the pandemic um i read uh, the book by Edward Bernays uh, called Propaganda, mm. and uh, here I'll read you. I'll read you part of it, um, a little snippet of what he said. Um, and Edward Bernays, if anyone doesn't know, Edward Bernays, um, he was uh, the first person to start the like Ministry of Information for the White House. Um, he is the nephew of um, Sigmund Freud. Um, he did all kinds of like mass. Um, propaganda, like why women weren't able to smoke cigarettes. And it wasn't until he got a bunch of women at the uh, Thanksgiving parade in New York to pull out cigarettes and start smoking that women started smoking um, all across the nation because everyone was uh, paying attention to that. So it was written in all the papers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he wrote this book called Propaganda. And uh, he admits a lot of things because he believes it's for our good. And this is one of the things he said. He said, the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate the unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed. Our minds are molded. Our tastes are formed and our ideas are, our ideas are suggested largely by men we've never heard of. This is a logical result of the way in which our democratic society is organized. Vast numbers of human beings must cooperate in this manner if they're to live together as a smoothly functioning society. In almost every act of our daily lives, whether in the sphere of politics or business, in our social conduct or our ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons who understand the mental processes and social patterns of the masses. It is they who pull the wires, which control the public mind. So when people talk about uh, an unseen government or a a dark government or um, a shadow government, uh, you know, it kind of comes from people like Edward Bernays admitting you're manipulated by a group of people that run the country that you don't even know who they are. What are they manipulating you into doing? Oh, it could be anything like uh, breakfast. Why does breakfast, why was for so long breakfast bacon and eggs? Uh, Why eggs even for breakfast? You know, so you could start either from food to, um, you know, nine out of 10 dentists recommend Trident. Um, You know, so that's, that's advertising. That's not the government. No, but it's part of propaganda is what he's saying. That's also not new. No, it's not new. I agree with that. So what are yeah, the governments? Like found, what are are you asking specifically? No, what I think governments no, are doing? No, no, I'm just saying like like we look at it as like a very relatively recent thing. And I I agree with you. Advertising is just propaganda to make money. Yes, 
but that doesn't necessarily mean it's nefarious outside of trying to make no it. and propaganda doesn't mean always nefarious it doesn't yeah yeah and that's and you're right you have to be very clear on that because we hear propaganda and we you know my mind first goes to when i first heard heard the word propaganda before i kind of understood it was like nazi posters yeah Except the U.S. has been doing propaganda oh, constantly yes. for a very long time in other yeah. countries. They use nonstop. They use Disney cartoons for military recruitment. I mean, it's <laughs> like, come on. So, uh, so I think f- when I started reading Edward Bernays, I started looking further down the rabbit hole in that way um, to people like Carol Quigley and Tragedy and Hope, and um, really kind of opening my eyes to like the purposes of one world governments and. You know, that's what everyone's kind of freaking out about and talking about now. And you can follow all down those rabbit trails um, if you want or you don't have to. It's it's fine. And, you know, you'll live and then you'll die in whatever situation the world has you in, you know. But I, I think it's also important to educate yourself to the point where you you understand that even though I'm agreeing to this, I know I'm being manipulated into possibly agreeing to this or I'm getting mad right now and then asking yourself, why am I getting mad? You know, because I think a lot of the times currently propaganda is being used to uh, divide the country into teams. Yep. Because we're weaker divided. Yes, we are weaker divided. So whether it's either from inside of our government because there's a bigger plan or from an outside government manipulating us, we're being gamed. So, you know, Democrats are what color? Blue. Republicans are what color? Red. I mean, the the people who support these sides, they wear the ties that tell you what color you're supposed to be behind them mm-hmm. with. You know, so it's all propagandized in, you know, and you you would then you'll start following that line. And even though you don't agree with, completely with them, that's who I am. Instead of just being an independent person who thinks independently and you're going to vote for the lesser of two evils, <laughs> ultimately. <laughs> well, even speaking of that, like our our voting system in and of itself, like I get that it has histories and history and um, needing to make it somewhat efficient. But the efficiencies we created in it also dumb it down a lot where it's like you're going to you have to go to a polling station. You have to stand in line and you have like this pressure to get done. And so how do you choose quickly? You pick your team instead of like, like one of the things I love about like whatever people think about mail-in voting and potential fraud, whatever. I don't personally believe that's a problem. It doesn't seem to be a problem in Washington. Sure. There's some, but like not enough to sway any election that said, I love that I can sit down and ballot for ballot or, um, referendum, referendum, uh, position for position, read through people's statements, their rebuttals, mm-hmm. look up newspaper articles, like try to find all the information I can to make an actual educated decision on something that really is going to properly affect my life. Yeah. You know, like, especially with the local things, like those are the ones that I really like having the time to be able to sit there and make an educated vote. Yeah. And I feel like with our voting system, we're like just cranking people through it. Like just pick the left or the right and then be done with it. Yep. And then we end up get with these like partially thought through votes. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree. I mean, I was, you know, um, I'll read a couple more here. Cause I think Edward Bernays, he kind of lays it all out and he wasn't kidding. Like he, he thinks that, uh, who was it? I think it was CS Lewis who said that, you know, people who know they're doing evil, aren't the people I'm scared of. It's the people who do evil and think they're doing good that I'm scared of. And mm-hmm. I think Edward Bernays was talking about, possibly evil things, but he thinks it's for your good. And here's a couple more. And that's my opinion, by the way, 
Um, he said, first, it, the great enemy of any attempt to change any person's habits is inertia. So civilization is always limited by inertia, which is why I think they always want us in constant change. Because if we're in inertia, if we're, if we're unmovable, uh, they can't change us. So if, if you think about, man, there's always something going on all the time in our society and it, we're always being nudged or pushed one way or the other, it's on purpose to, to keep us on our toes to not, you know, how many things are going on just today that we have to focus on that we can't focus on because we got our own lives. So not just things that are going on in our country or around the world, but in our own lives, you know, so how many things am I supposed to care about? You know, so mm-hmm. I, you know, sometimes you feel like you're completely pulled apart or pushed in all kinds of different directions. That leaves you someone who's unable to, to have a full grasp on what's going on. And then you'll just take whatever seems like the route everyone's taking. Mm-hmm. Right. So you'll go with the There's flow a, rather than think, think for yourself. When I left the Mormon church there, I was, I did a lot of reading just to really understand and make sure that like, like I, you and I are similar in that way. Like we just want to know, we want to understand it. Um, and this is a bit of a propaganda book, I guess, but there's a book called behind the mask of Mormonism, mm-hmm. which is really good. Um, because it's not, it doesn't necessarily like, like the things I took away from it wasn't like Mormonism is just in and of it self-terrible it's like just like we talk about the bad parts of christianity like the man-made parts that use it to control people those are really bad one of the things they talked about with mormonism is like if you look back if you if you grew up in the mormon church and you look back it's like non-stop things to do Mm -hmm. you're like either in class like every day you're going to the church for seminary and then after school you have things and there's like boy scouts or young lady society and like no matter what age you're at, you're always doing something with the church. Oh, and then Saturday you spend the entire day volunteering, but after you clean your house and then Sunday is like 25 hours of church. And like you, you're like so busy that you never have a chance to question anything. Yeah. And that's intentional. They do it on purpose. Like we're just going to keep you so connected. We're going to make your entire life about this place that you never actually think twice about the things that you're doing or thinking or talking about. And that's not to say that a lot of things about Mormons aren't great because there's a lot of really wonderful Mormons out there. I'll tell you what. Generally, generally like really good people. When we were down in, I'll tell you what, when we were down in uh, Southern Idaho, lovely people, lovely. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you talk to somebody and they're polite and they're kind and they're, you know, and, and you feel comfortable around yeah, just genuinely a polite, good human beings. Yes. Yep. And, and so, I mean that, and I know where it's coming from. I know there's a work righteousness behind it, you know, or mm-hmm. whether they know it or not, um, you know, there's just nice people. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it, you also are kind of motivated to be nicer, uh, mm-hmm. as well. So, um, well, so they like, they, that's like the subtle, the, to me, it's a very subtle difference where it's like, like think about Jehovah witnesses that go stand on a street corner and want to tell you all about their thing. There's a very selfish motivation behind that because it's like, I have to earn points so I can get to heaven. Yeah. Whereas Mormons are just trained to be that way. Yep. It's like, whether like, this is where they've been manipulated and it's not necessarily a bad manipulation, but it's like, we need to be the example so that people will follow us. Yeah. So that more people will come to church. So the leadership is recognized that really good people, other people are drawn to and will follow them and more likely to join the church and create 
a bigger church. Yeah. So like those people have been manipulated in, in like sort of a positive way, like positive for everybody, but like selfish for the church, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's tricky, right? Like yeah. it's not, it's not all bad, but it's also not all good. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, Let's see. I, I wanted to kind of share. So there's, <laughs> there's so many conspiracies. Honest to God, people, there are millions of conspiracies that you can, that you can pick. And I'm not telling you to go pick any of these conspiracies. What I'm, what I would like you to do is realize that, you know, that it's important for you to ask questions, to try to think for yourself when situations arise. Um, and Paul, Politics is a great place where people get very worked up. It it almost reminds me of how people get worked up who are really into football. People who are like really into politics get worked up the same way. Like mm-hmm. they get mad and they get frothy and it's that team. And I can't believe in the referee and they get it. It's the same. Like, that's why I always think it's a game because you're, you're just being emotionally pushed around. And so what I would you know, have people do, I would ask people to do is stop and think about why you agree with it, why you don't agree with it. Um, you know, what's, what do you think is behind it? Um, I think those are important questions to ask. I don't think it's conspiratorial to be like, why are they pushing this so hard? Why are they changing their mind on this? You know, Oh, you know, there are flip floppers. Oh, he's a flip flopper. Or did he just get new information? Like, why do I care about this? You know, ask all those questions. And if you want a good primer, on just <clears throat> asking yourself if you're being manipulated or not, it is a small paperback book that you can get uh, called Propaganda by Edward Bernays. You can get it on Amazon. Just read that. It's like a it's a short read. It's packed full of information. I think the one I gave Helen, my copy that I gave Helen, is full of notes and stuff like that in it, uh, where I've highlighted a bunch of stuff. And then I bought like two more copies. Um, or watch um, the document. Um, it's called, uh, it's by Adam Curtis is, uh, the doc documentary maker and it's, um, Oh, century of self. And it's like a five part series, um, about like how we're so navel gazers, how we uh, we're always, how selfish we are and how we're meant to be selfish so that we can be consumers and only think of ourselves. It's a very good five part documentary called, um, century of self. He has other good documentaries about how Gaddafi was basically manipulated by the United States. And, uh, and anyone that has, you know, listens to no agenda knows that, you know, the same people who are involved in the overthrow of the government in Ukraine are the same people involved today in what's going on with Ukraine and in Russia. So, you know, well, the one, United States the one, is all part of a lot of this. Well, sure. Sure. And what I do want to like, and I know people know this, but it like, I feel like it has to be said anytime you talk about conspiracy theories, it's just because one is true. Doesn't make them all true. That's true. Like yeah. just because somebody was right once doesn't make them right. And like anyone who's a Christian out there that's listening, like we've talked about this before, what's the sign of a false prophet. They only have to be wrong once. Yep. So if they're only right once, they're way not a, a prophet. Yeah. Like, just use that litmus test. Yeah, that's like a, sometimes people are right, but if they're almost always wrong, it doesn't yeah. mean you should believe everything they say. I know I used to there in in I I started I became a Christian in Pentecostal circles. Um and so there was a lot of like, oh, the prophet such and such is coming. I was always like, oh, the prophet. Like really the prophet. Like that that wasn't like a title that you just kind of threw around 
You know, no. that's that's kind of a big deal to be a prophet. And those people weren't liked. So if this guy is really liked and revered, <laughs> mm-hmm. he wasn't a, wasn't a good prophet. Prophets came when shit was about to go down and God was not very happy mm-hmm. and he needed to tell people the truth and people don't like that. I used to go rounds with my mom about the prophet part, especially with the Book of Mormon, because mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think it's the the Doctrine and Covenants. So they actually have three books. They have the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Or they have, well, the, I guess Doctrine and Covenants is part of the Book of Mormon. But it's like a lot of prophecies. Yeah. And it's written in a way that like relates <clears throat> time to generations. Mm-hmm. And if you actually go and like even use the most liberal version of generations of how long a generation is which like realistically if you consider kids and children all that it's like 40 years especially in the 1800s that's a generation it wasn't like somebody lives for 100 years that's a generation no because you had kids in your 30s or 40s yeah so say 40 years um they just start to fall apart like there was one (laughs) prophecy that um dark-skinned people uh was due to a curse from god yeah and then by the like fifth generation or fourth generation that curse would be lifted and everyone would be white again. Mm -hmm. And that clearly didn't happen. (laughs) And now it doesn't exist in the book of Mormon. Like just shady shit like that. But it's like that guy who wrote that mm, total racist. Yeah. Did you ever watch that cartoon? The Mormon cartoon? Uh, -uh. I never even knew there was a Mormon cartoon. Yeah. There's a, there's a Mormon cartoon. It was, um, yeah, I'll Tom and I, Jerry. I'll see. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's about that's a lot like what my growing up was. We used to hit each other with sticks and chase each other around. Yeah, this is oh, uh, there it is cartoon explaining Mormonism. Yeah, looks a little bit like GI Joe, but with like more white. Yeah, hold on. They talk a little Regardless bit. Regardless about- of its Christian veneer, the basic tenets of Mormonism are in direct conflict with biblical Christianity. The following piece of animation, based directly on actual Mormon publications. Christian films, by the way, are so low budget, like this podcast. Mormonism teaches that trillions of planets scattered throughout the cosmos are ruled by countless gods who once were human like us. Yep. They say that long ago on one of these planets, to an unidentified god and one of his goddess wives, a spirit child named... Because he had all the wives. This spirit child was later born to human parents who gave him a physical body. Through obedience to Mormon teaching and death and resurrection, he proved himself worthy and was elevated to godhood as his father before him. Mormons believe that Elohim is their heavenly father and that he lives with his many goddess wives on a planet near a mysterious star called Korah. Kolob. We gotta stop. This like is a music. It's ridiculous. Is Kolob true? Is Kolob a thing? I, I've never heard. It. I'm sure it is. There's a lot of stuff <clears> they don't teach you if you're like lower level Mormon. I'm looking at some of these pictures. Okay, lower these level makes though. it sound like Scientology, though. It is a little bit, but like you don't have to buy books. Just oh. one. Hold on, hold on. Um, let, let me just play just this little bit more because this is uh, they're about to get to the why there's why black people. Endless celestial sex produced billions of spirit children. To decide their destiny, the head of the Mormon gods called a what great did they say? Endless celestial meeting. sex. Yes. Both of Elohim's eldest sons were there. <laughs> I want to go there. It's with goddesses. His brother Jesus. <laughs> Satan and his brother a Jesus. A plan was presented to build planet Earth, 
where the spirit children would be sent to take on mortal bodies and learn good. But they did it by PowerPoint, so they're all <laughs> Lucifer stood and made his bid for becoming savior of this new world. Wanting the glory for himself, he planned to force everyone to become gods. Opposing the idea, the Mormon Jesus suggested giving man his freedom of choice, as on other planets. The vote that followed approved the proposal of the Mormon Jesus, who would become savior of the planet Earth. Emma says it with disdain. The Lucifer Mormon Jesus. cunningly convinced one-third of the spirits destined for Earth to fight with him in revolt. Thus, Lucifer so became the devil black. and his followers the demons. Sent to the so world, racist. <laughs> they would forever be denied bodies of flesh and bone. Those who remained neutral in the battle were cursed to be born with black skin. This is the Mormon explanation <laughs> oh, for the Negro they race. They didn't choose. Yeah, they didn't choose. The spirits that you fought didn't most valiantly against Lucifer would be born into Mormon families on planet Earth. These would be the lighter skinned people, or white and <laughs> white and delightful. White. <laughs> no, he said white and delightful. Oh my God. <laughs> Some of these pictures of these cartoons that they have on here are like, you know, that person that thought they were a really good artist in high school, but were really terrible. Yes. And they have like weird eyes and like everything's yeah, yeah. a little off. Yes. Yeah. That's these, that's these cartoons. The sound effects get me too on this. You should watch it. It's, it's pretty entertaining, but I don't know if it's true or not. So I've asked many Mormons. It does sound pretty accurate. And they've said the same thing that you said, which is, um, it sounds right, but they also didn't ever ascend to a level in which they would know that, which always yeah, seems weird to me. There's a lot of things me. they don't share because I think they know it's crazy. Well, it would, what it is is they know that it would turn people outside the church off. Mm. And their whole goal is to convert everybody. So they want you to be more mature Yep. before they tell you. Yeah, they're like slowly slide it in. It's like just the tip. <laughs> and then and then like before you know it, you're like purely fucked. Yeah. Well, there's a con- I mean, there's a huge conspiracy over Joseph Smith and the tablets and the glasses and that's not a conspiracy. It was true. They weren't glasses. Yeah, they were rocks. <clears throat> and he said he could see the future with them. Well, you the gold plates. You found gold plates on a hill in the middle of the woods. Fell oh, fuck off. Yeah. Well, we can't find them now. And then, um, <laughs> well, the, the angel took them back after. Oh, he was I thought done. he couldn't find them when he was buried. Them. Yeah. Uh, well, it, there was a, a time when I was uh, witnessing to a, a Mormon girl that uh, I was very fond of in middle school. And, uh, she, you know, she told me that she went to that same place in New York and she felt the spirit of Joseph Smith confirm all the things of Mormonism to her. And, uh, and her, her sister, who I also know really well was telling her in another, in a chat while we were talking to not believe anything I say, because I'm not a Mormon. And so mm-hmm. it was, she was, you know, getting, getting told that everything I'm saying is a lie or yeah. that I'm talking to her about. And uh, and she felt like, well, okay, well, I got to go this way. Which is too bad because she's a really sweet girl. And- um, well, that's one of the things <laughs> like when you're talking to somebody about anything. Like it doesn't matter. Like Mormonism or whatever. It doesn't matter what the topic is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help to just say things at that person. Yeah. Like if you really, if you really believe in what you're talking about or what you believe in, you can't just tell somebody that they're wrong. You have to ask them questions that get them to come to the conclusion that you came to. Yep. So like in this case, it's like questions related to like, how does this make sense? Or like, how, like let's walk through this. And then at some point, like your brain can't, st- it's like, it's no different than saying like, 
don't picture a pink elephant. Yep. And now that's all you're thinking, thinking about. about yeah. Like you, your brain comes to it on its own. You can't stop thinking about it. But if you start like making accusations, you put up a wall, yep. you're not hearing anything anyone's saying. There's no conversation. Well, and that was just, that was just it, you know, is that she was because of that, you know, um, you know, she didn't want to listen to anything more and it just wasn't a conversation anymore. It's just yeah. like, okay, if you weren't so good. blinded by your lust, you would have got it right. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, so I hope, Tim, this answers your question since you asked. Uh, and I don't uh, think it did, but it was worth the shot. <laughs> 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 Coming in hot. Oh, man. Oh, oof. Oof. wow. What is that? No. Okay. I think you had to turn the phone up. <laughs> no, that was... Ru- ru- ruined that was, everything. That was our... That was this here. Let's see if we can start that again. There we go. Woo. Man, every now and then, I just, I have it set too high on the faders here. Well, folks, this has uh, been episode 74 of Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. We talked a little bit about conspiracies. Uh, we had uh, Summer Ray's Golden Ale from Cisco Brewers. We had mm-hmm. few cold cut bourbon whiskey with cold brew coffee. And we got to talk to Craig. Craig called That's in. Fun. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Craig. We appreciate you listening and calling in and... Uh, and thank you to all those that were listening and those that were on the chat. We appreciate you. And, uh, oh, yeah, I have to tell you what cisvestism is. Cisvestism. It's Can we the, give a shout-out to our Argentinian listeners? Because there was a lot on our last Yeah, time. I don't know what's up with that because they tell me at, at Blueberry, uh, which is our hosting company, that uh, those aren't VPNs. I know. It's awesome. I love it. Thanks, expats. Yeah. There's a lot of people in Argentina that listen to this show. And uh, over the last month, there's more people in Argentina listening to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash than in America. So mm-hmm. what's up with that? <laughs> uh, like, maybe we're getting, we're getting like pennies funneled into our bank account. I haven't seen them. Cisvestism. I got, I got seven Satoshis, so now I'm just like... <laughs> balling. Shout out to Buenos Aires. Yeah, let me let me say what this is, man. Cisvestism right, uh, is the wearing of clothing that does not represent one's profession or status. Oh, so if you it's went into Wayfair, uh, negative bad, but like, yeah, in your kilt or in your uh, what do they call it in Germany? The thing that they wear, the short pants, the overall short pants, lederhosen. Yeah, the lederhosen. That would be cisvestism. Cisvestism. So like, what profession does somebody who sells furniture online dress like? Like, what is this? <laughs> I don't know if that. <laughs> I sell furniture online. It's awesome. I can wear whatever I want. This is a value for value podcast. And so that means uh, not only do we want your treasure and the forms of Satoshi in order to keep this thing operating, it actually costs a lot of money to do the clean feed and all that stuff and produce this. Uh, but also we would like your input. So just like Craig who called in today, give us a call, leave us a voicemail or a balderdash mail, <laughs> or uh, you can email us at balderdash boys at protonmail.com. And you can even leave a comment on the uh, website, beer, bourbon, balderdash.com. Mm-hmm. What do you think, John? We need to be better. I think we need to be better about giving people a heads up because I think people will call in if they have the heads up. That's true. Good night, everybody. Good night. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. It's so stupid. <laughs>
It's our thing. Sorry, Dana. Yeah. 